Today, I want to bring a word to you from the book of Romans, chapter 15. We're going to be in Romans, chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. So this is Independence Day weekend, right? July 4th. It's the, it's the time that we celebrate that event, July 4th, many years ago, when the 13 colonies declared independence from Great Britain. So we love, as Americans, to celebrate our independence and our individual freedom, right? And so we can do that, and I hope you have a good, safe weekend and have been doing that. But I want you to know that the Christian faith teaches that there's a different kind of freedom that's made available to you through Jesus Christ. So the good news of the Bible is that God became flesh in the form of a man named Jesus. Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life, and eventually he was crucified. He was crucified as someone who was seen as, by the Jewish leaders as a blasphemer, someone who was claiming to be God. He was God, and God. Uh, this is all a part of God's plan for the God-man Jesus. Well, he's crucified, and this event in history provides for you and I an opportunity to be freed from the consequences of our sin. Right. I mean, this is the good news of the Bible, that through Christ, God is restoring or reconciling us to himself. You can be free. So I know there are a lot of people that are all around us every single day that would celebrate a national freedom or an individual freedom. But I want you to know that an even more essential freedom to be able to celebrate is a freedom to know that your sin will not bear the consequences that it deserves, and that's eternal separation from God in a place called hell. The good news is that through Christ, God makes it possible for you to be freed from your sin and to enter into a peaceful relationship with God. Well, so for those that believe that, uh, they're called Christians, and Christians are typically and throughout the church's history, gathering together in congregations. And so we have a church, Neartown Church is a church, and we're one of thousands of churches in our city. And what we ought to discuss this morning, and what we'll see in Romans chapter 15, is Paul say something to people that are Christians about how they ought to relate to other Christians in their church. And the point here is that the church is an organization, an institution that God has established to be a witness to the world of what it is like to live free in Christ, to be able to freely love God and love others. So here we are in the book of Romans. Romans is a fantastic, brilliant, amazing letter where God speaks through Paul to the church in Rome. And I want you to read it sometime. Maybe you can read it this weekend. But read it sometime and walk carefully through it. But we pick up near the end of it in Romans chapter 15 where Paul has said quite a number of things about Christ and to the Christians about what it means to follow Christ. And so we pick up in this part in Romans chapter 15 where we see the example of Christ inspires us on how to relate to other Christians. And all of this is so that our church will be strong. Now we as a church have not gathered together on site on a Sunday in several months. But I believe that our church is strong because you all do what we're about to talk about and I want to encourage or foster within our congregation an even greater commitment to what we'll see. So here's what it says. 
We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the feelings of the weak. So I don't know how you're feeling today, if you're feeling like you're the strong or the weak, but I want you to know that most of you that are listening would be in the category in Paul's mind of someone who is strong. You are probably educated. You're, you're probably have a pretty decent income or you had a decent income and maybe you saved up enough and hopefully you'll be able to quickly find a new job. You, you would be considered strong spiritually. You probably know more about the Bible than most people in the world know about the Bible, like doctrinally, you know points, and so you would be considered strong. But there are some of you that Paul would consider to be weak, and it doesn't mean like physically weak, like you're a puny. Uh, no, it, it means more like you're spiritually weak, either in this moment, like in this time of your life, or you just aren't yet grown up in the faith. And so there are all kinds of these people that along with the strong people make up the church. You would not want a church with just strong people and you would not want a church with just weak people, but we have both. So Paul's talking to us. So we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the feelings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Now this is so interesting because what Paul is going to say is that for the church to be strong, we have to consider or keep in mind the people in the congregation that are struggling, that are weak, that do not yet have a maturity in the Christian faith. And this is so important because it, those are the easiest kind of people to ignore or be annoyed with or to leave in the margins. And this is maybe the younger people. And for those of you that work in Kid City to disciple and teach our younger children, uh, good for you. But there are some of you that just like to ignore that weak group of people in our church, but we can't do it. We, as strong people, have to keep in mind the uh, weak and not to please ourselves. Look at verse two. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. This is certainly like our neighbor as in like the person in our church, but our actual physical neighbor too. Listen, and the example here is Jesus, always is Jesus. Verse three, for Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. And so Jesus had in mind in his ministry the people that would be considered weak, and everybody actually compared to Jesus would be very weak, but you'll see Jesus throughout the Gospels ministering to and caring for the people that the rest of us would just leave in the margins. In that time, it would be the women and certainly the children. Do you remember the story in the Gospels where there's someone that brought a children, tried to, the children were trying to get close to Jesus and the disciples who were all male were saying, hey, no, no, leave the children away because they're the kind of lesser. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 you should never prevent the weak or the children from coming to me. And then he blessed them. So the example here is Jesus. How are we to relate to those that are weak? We're to be like Christ and care for and consider and maybe even prioritize the weak in our congregations, in our neighborhood, in our city. Look at verse four. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And of course, Paul is saying this to a group of people that had the Old Testament as their scriptures, but we have the entire Bible, the revealed inspired word of God, so that we can read it and see how God worked to care for the marginalized, care for the weak, care for the people that are so easy to ignore in our churches and in our city. But what the Bible is saying, what Paul is saying is, hey, we have a witness from the scriptures of old or older passages, Old Testament passage, New Testament passages. We have a witness here that shows that God cares about the weak and cares to, that the strong care about the weak. So that's my challenge for you today. 
is if you would consider yourself strong in the faith, do not ignore the weak in our congregation. Do not ignore the weak in our city, the weak in your neighborhood. Instead, prioritize them, care for them, organize your next week or month around opportunities to serve them. And we have the witness of the scriptures that will give us endurance and encouragement so that we can have hope that this is exactly what God wants to do. Now listen, here's a blessing, verse five. May the God of endurance and encouragement, I love that, God will give us endurance and encouragement, which we all need anytime we're doing something hard or anything, anytime we're doing something that's out of our comfort zone. So may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus. That's in harmony with people that are strong and in harmony with people that are weak, which theoretically are more difficult to get along with sometimes because they have needs that we don't have and maybe don't fully understand. May God grant you endurance and encouragement to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Jesus Christ. Listen, verse six, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we are, as a congregation, caring for one another, the strong caring for the weak, the weak allowing us, to, the strong to care for them, which would be the older caring for the younger, the younger caring for the older, whatever it might be. When we as a congregation are caring about the needs of the weak in our city, then what happens is it's like a unified voice of worship to God. Which, hey, I want to be there. I don't know about you, but I want to live like that and experience church like that. Look at verse 7. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Here is my challenge to you today. If you are strong, open up your eyes and see a need of someone that's weak. And then whatever you got to do to help meet that need, do it. Maybe that's somebody in the congregation that needs an encouraging word from you. Maybe it's somebody that you haven't talked to in a few months or seen in a few months. Or maybe somebody's posted something on social media that is just screaming, help, help, help. Would you reach out to them and just say, I want to pray for you. Here's a passage of scripture. How can I help you? Maybe for you, it's somebody in your neighborhood or maybe somebody in the city. And what I want to challenge you with is for you to be the kind of person that because you've seen the witness of Jesus, and heard stories from the Bible, you have the endurance and the encourage to go and find the weak in our city and help them and do something about that. So in this moment, what I wanna do is I wanna highlight a ministry partnership we have, and that is with Attack Poverty in the Friends of Northside. I'm so proud of our church and the way that our church is involved in Northside. We have for about 10 years cared about that geographic area in addition to caring about our own area where our church gathers on Sunday. And so we have, over the course of the years, assisted and partnered and walked alongside the planting of Caruso Grace, which is a church pastored by my good friend Sergio. And then after a few years of that, we helped attack poverty, build a relationship in Northside, and now they're established in Northside as friends of Northside. They're working in the local schools. They're helping those people with needs. They're being a gospel presence in a community that really needs it. And wouldn't you know it, God is so gracious to us, sent to partner with us as a member of our church, their interim director, Kim Martinez. And so I wanna just say to you, if you are wondering, how do I get involved in this city? I want for you to contact Kim at the email that's on your screen and say, hey, I want to get connected to the needs of those in our community that would be considered weaker and help me get involved. And she will do that. 
And you can actually physically go over there and get involved. Maybe you wanna help with some resources, whatever it is. Well, I want to be a voice in your mind today saying, hey, for us to be the church, the strong have that God wants us to be, the strong have to care for the weak, and the weak have to let the strong care for them. That would be the older caring for the younger. We must consider the needs of the kids. We must uh, consider the needs of the hurting in our congregation. Yes, we will be strong. But we also, as a church, wanna care for the needs of our community. So let us be people who obey God's word to those that Roman church, which are exactly the kind of words we need. Let us be this kind of church that with endurance and encouragement that comes only from God, we will with one unified voice worship God in this way. Let's do it. I'm gonna obey that word and I'm calling you church to do the same. Let's pray on and think about these things.